Too Many Comics Milestone Episode 150. Brooks, were you even aware of that? No, but that's impressive. <laughs> 150, we're still kicking. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, occasionally we record on time. Well, maybe we should start filming uh, some trailers for ourselves that lie to our listeners about what we're going to be talking about. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. So we, I think we talked last week, maybe after after we saw Avengers Infinity War, we talked briefly about the trailers having lied to us about, you know, what Hulk was going to be where and at different times when maybe certain rings were introduced or that he already had them. You know, it turns out that I have not seen Deadpool 2, but clearly it's been talked about that there were some little white lies told in uh, those trailers as well. So now Comic Book Resources asks, should we ever trust movie marketing? I mean, yes. I just think because of the way that spoilers work and everything else these days, I mean, they've had to sort of outthink people that really examine every frame of a trailer to find out, you know, what's what's potentially going to happen in the movie. So, you know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's marketing to get you to come see the movie. Right. No one has ever said that the trailer has to tell you everything about the movie and describe what the whole plot is going to be. And they can tee up some things. And quite frankly, I've seen a lot of trailers where I'm like, okay, don't need to see the movie. <laughs> clearly, yes, yes, yep. uh, you know, clearly you, you see the, uh, the conflict and you can, figured out that they're going to be okay in the end. So, yeah, I'm all about this. Get creative and uh, just show us some cool things. We're going to see the movies anyway. I don't That's need to be true. told what the story is. We already know what the story is. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember also a thing that I hated when I was younger was when they would sh- they, they, there'd be a trailer, of course, right? And they were not as easily accessible as they are today, right? You can Google them, YouTube them. It's all – it's so easy Whereas it was it was a real treat back in the day to get a trailer, right? Um, and there would be some signature jokes dropped in the trailer, and those would be – you would wait in the movie for that joke to happen because you'd seen it in the trailer umpteen times. Remember what I'm talking about? Oh, this? yeah. So I, I, I'm glad that's no longer a thing because you'd have these like also rants running around saying like jokes despite having only seen the trailer yeah. of, a, of a movie. I'm just going to put that out there. That, that, that sounds very haterific, but that's how I feel. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. You have Deadpool in here. What's happening? Uh, so we, we got some follow-up uh, from a big bro who says, Brooks is leading you astray. Deadpool 2 was only okay. Def not as good as the first one. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I thought there was, again, this whole thing about what you have not seen, the pursuant to our first story, they really took you on a ride versus what you thought the movie was going to be, for sure. There were some things that were that were happening. I'm just kidding, Ryan. I don't mean that about the fuck you part. The rest of it is true, that I'm saying that the movie is pretty good. And, and the, the, things like – and I, I'm loath to spoil stuff, even though it's been a solid week – Things like X-Force's role in the movie and certain actors that were being brought back to the movie, what their roles were going to be. And it just I, – I thought it was – I went into it being like, this could be just okay. But I really did like it. I really did. More than the first one. Mm, I don't know. It's been some time since I saw the first one. Equal. 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 I was going to say equidistant, but that's not what I mean here. Okay. Equal. Equal. All right. Equal. Then. Equally. So, sorry, controversy, but the, I think the Rotten Tomatoes reviews speak for themselves. Okay. And but I, do, I also saw Solo speak. I was about to say we have another friend that is anticipating uh, 
our talk of this. I have not seen it, so I need you to uh, spill the beans as to the thoughts. Okay, so first of all, I think it's impressive that I have become like the movie person of the show because you're always so good at mm. this. Um, it was just okay. I, you know, I wasn't going to kick it out of bed for eating crackers, but um, I don't think it needs to exist. I think that it was perfectly fine, but I don't think that it in any way services or advances the plot of the overall Star Wars story. And you can't really compare it to Rogue One, but except for the fact that they're, they're both outside of the linear Star Wars episodic stuff. Right? You right. Same thing. And Rogue One introduced but, whole new characters, right? That didn't make it very long, but yes. Yeah. Um, but I, it just this to me was like it was fine. It was fine, but only fine. And I think that, again, the box office returns have been pretty non-impressive. I want to say it made like 103 million dollars. Yeah. Over bombing, Memorial Day, they considered yeah. bombing. So I think it cost 200 million to make. And it's a Star Wars thing, which should be a lock on just getting shit done. But uh, it was a, it was just fine. I heard somebody complain about how long it was when it was over, and that to me was kind of non sequitur. I, I was at a movie theater where you could drink, so that was that was taking care of that. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was just. And of course, you heard about the reshoots and other things that were leading up to this release that were giving people pause and. It's, is it a bad movie? No, but it's a Star Wars movie. It needs to be of a particular pedigree for it to be in any way, you know, respectable alongside the others. I mean, I'm loath to put it past things like the Phantom Menace, which sucked ass. <laughs> I will <laughs> say, uh, as someone who's who's only sort of a, a secondary fan of Star Wars, and you know, it's, it's sort of the audience I think they're hoping to to really capture as they, as they add to this, this universe and, and bring back some of these characters. Here's a, here's a few areas where I think they took some missteps with this movie and try and trying to attract, you know, the casual viewer like myself. One, I, and I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I really thought they had a, they like cornered the market on December movies with the star Wars franchise. Like I thought that was the thing they were doing. Like everything was coming out of one movie a year December time frame, you know, we're going to own the month, do the thing. Cause that's where the, the lot, these last three came out. So to have one to be, you know, December and then instantly again in May, uh, you know, kind of snuck up on me. I remember seeing the first trailer and was, didn't realize that it was coming out so soon. Um, secondly, you know, and Disney owns, you know, these two tentpole franchises. So, and I get that they moved Infinity War up a week, or else these both would have been in in May, and Avengers would have surely eaten into the opening of um, Solo even more than it did. But you know, I, I definitely think there's movie fatigue for the the average moviegoer. I mean, you it's know, it, we've we've got the movie pass friend who sees a movie a day, but to someone like That's myself, I yeah, no, I mean, I haven't seen Deadpool yet, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who you know they saw Avengers once or twice. They went and saw Deadpool a week later, and then a week, another week goes by, and you got Solo to see, and it's on a memorial a holiday weekend, which is, you know, from what I was reading, a little iffy all the time about people's movie going. Like those two things were were huge missteps. I think I think it was poorly planned timing, and then thirdly, um, I think someone like myself, I was, I'm more interested because I haven't been around from the get go. I'm more interested in these newer characters. So even when like Rogue One was a prequel 
you know, those characters that they introduced were not just like prequels to people like Han Solo or, or whoever. And, and they might, those are great characters, but I don't know. I'm sort of just more interested in the new stuff. So when I see like Han Solo, I don't have the connection that a lot of people do. So it's not like I'm not chomping at the bit to go see the Han Solo prequel, if that makes sense. I mean, I wasn't either, uh, but I had a hang sesh planned. (laughs) 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 And my buddy's like, hey, you want to kick it off with Solo? So, of course, I'm not going to say no. I wasn't running to the theater, of course. I was like, well, shit, if if this is out there. Let's do it. But it was just, it was, it was, it was fine. Yeah. I've seen some people talking online that, that I follow that are super nerds. Um, and they they talk star Wars a lot. And I I saw some of their comments, like, uh, what made Han great to them was sort of, you know, his, his backstory was a mystery and that this was a story that didn't need to be told. And, you know, it was that type of thing. So, you know, someone who knows a lot more than I can speak to whether or not that was a misstep, but you know, just the characters in general. If this was a brand new story, I probably would have been much more interested than what it is. I mean, I'll eventually see it at some point. Um, you know, probably in theaters. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's that's sad to see. Well, but then again, I think that you know, whereas I was really against, and we have to move on. We have a lot of news here. I was really against um, the whole idea of these prequels and sidebar stories happening because it just it's it's a lot. Um, I went into Rogue One being like, hmm, but I loved it. I saw it twice. This, I was somewhat more like, you know, like I said before, I, I was not going to run to the theater because, first of all, it was very far from here. Mm-hmm. But um, this is sort of putting me back on the other tact of like, we don't need these, I don't think. I'm not sure if we need these other movies. I'm so, Will I see episode nine? You bet your balls I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to be there probably opening night with – Cinnamon rolls taped inside of my head. I can't wait to do oh this. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Anyway, all right. So moving on, we'll see what happens as, with the longer term returns on that. Plus, I think it bombed in China. That's not good. No, never good. So quickly, we should put this in here as just a sort of a yesteryear wistful thing. Uh, maybe you already knew this, but Adventures vs. X Men is now available on Comicsology Unlimited. Just so I did you not know. know this. It's on there, and I have it downloaded. Uh, I have not read any of it. But I just feel like because we gave it such credence back, remember how excited we were when, when this thing was, was announced? Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder what it would be like to read it in one, not one sitting, but like one extended sitting versus having to wait. And I, were there delays with that? I can't recall. I feel like maybe a couple issues there were. I think it would be an interesting, experience. you know, maybe not this week. I mean, I'd, I would like to, to do it, but I'm thinking maybe we save it for a week when we don't have a number one that we are eyeing. And that's sort of what we go through of a yesteryear type thing. But if you get to it beforehand, you get to it beforehand. Well, I'll let you know. What I remember most about that, though, is the the issue uh, where Spider-Man was front and center. I, I very much remember that issue being pretty great. And then a lot of the had a lot of fun with the uh, the side issue AVX versus. Yeah, I want to see those collected. Mm-hmm. I'm not those all in print around here somewhere. So do I. Not around here in some storage facility in Jacksonville, Florida. But you know, that's all I'm saying. All right. All right. So we keep teasing this out. Uh, coming up any date, any week now will be the Cloak and Dagger Freeform Show, which apparently is quite good. So Bleeding Cool reviewed this nine out of ten stars. That's, I'm not surprised. 
I really enjoyed Runaways. I feel like this has got the same sort of vibe going. Um, it, it seems like they took it very seriously. It's. I think it's in a good spot on something like Freeform. I think these characters would, would resonate with that audience that, that they have attracted over there. So I, I still want to someday see them mesh with the Runaways. I don't know if they ever pull that off with Hulu and Freeform, but uh, I'm interested in, in both those shows succeeding, and I feel like this one is uh, probably going to be off to a good start. Well, here is a poll quote from the review. It says, if you've fallen off the Netflix universe or just joined Marvel's small screen offerings with Runaways and are itching for more in-between seasons, then Cloak & Dagger is a great place to dive back in. Perfect. So, there you have it. All right. So, our number one for the week. Okay. We got Delta 13 number one. This is Who Knows What Mysteries Lie Deep in the Asteroid Belt. When a mysterious, huge, and previously undiscovered asteroid looms over their ship, a small crew of blue-collar workers discovers a terrifying threat unlike anything they've ever seen. Now the crew must escape the asteroid, but even if they do, will they be able to escape each other and anything they bring back with them? A chilling and thrilling new tale from writer Steve Niles and artist Nat Jones. Okay, so we <laughs> we lament about reads that are too slow, where you check the page number to see if where are we with this. Mm-hmm. This book... Fl- no pun intended flew by right yeah what did we what did we accomplish here so this crew this ragtag crew are exploring different planets i guess and they drop these like spider-like s- robots yes to explore the terrain and what have you to get recordings uh find themselves in the middle literally of like this phantom Phantom Planet which is also banned by the way <laughs> do you do you know this band? I do know this band. Uh, okay uh, I didn't mean to walk into that, and it's over. That's it. Uh-huh. But That's I mean, literally what happens in the in the teaser little note there. Yeah. So, th- pursuant to our trailer commentary, <laughs> <laughs> if you just if you want to get through this quickly, just read this this uh, you know hundred word uh, lead, and you're good to go. But no, but I just not poorly done by any means. I think the art again, Nat Jones does a great job. Um, it just went very very fast, and we didn't get a whole lot of as you would say, world building or character, character development. Building, yeah, character yeah, build yeah. up. I mean, we know very little about either, any of these characters at this point, which, which was a, book, a gripe of mine. Um, so what are your thoughts of this book? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the art is cool. It, it had a, I don't know if it's just the flying through space thing, but just a, a Hadrian's Wall type vibe. Um, and I was hoping that it was going to be as that strong of a book uh, to sort of pick up where that one left off. But yeah, I I mean, I sat down to read it, and a lot of pages with not a lot of word bubbles going on, and even when they were talking, it wasn't very deep. Uh, not a lot of backstory with the characters. Got really no clue as to why I should keep going, other than like maybe trying to figure out what the hell this thing is that they've discovered. But even still, are they? You know, what are they trying? Like, who do they work for? What have they been trying to do? Like, I don't know. There's just a it's a huge mystery that I feel like they could have snuck in a little few more bits there in all the open space, but the art was uh, very well done. Yeah. I mean, I did appreciate that it was over quite quickly too. I'm just, just being real there. So, I mean, I might give it one more just to see like what, what, what is happening here? What is this weird planet that they've, that's not registering on any type of, you know, uh, equipment that they've got on this fancy ass ship, and who do they work for? Who's in charge here? Who does number two work for? <laughs> well, tune in, tune in the next issue, and you might uh, find out. But there's a lot of people that probably won't because this has a 5.9 critic oh, rating. 
Really? On CBR. Keep on that, comic book roundup. And, and a, a not available not user rating, so no one read it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I'd probably give no. it like a 7.5, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Good art. Story that could go somewhere. Uh, it's just uh, you know up to you whether you want to stick around for it. What are some of the critiques from the critics? Oh, such I just a... close the tab. Oh, can't you go to recently closed? Uh, I sure thing can. And... There it is. Okay. So Bleeding Cool says Delta Thirty Eight Thirteen Number One is not a good start to the series. It leaves breadcrumbs that could lead to interesting places, but the pacing at times, inorganic dialogue, characterization, and art fall fall just short of being good. It's not unbearable, but it is a struggle to even call it passable. As such, wow. I can't recommend this comic. That's really harsh. That the best harsh. one says introduces the story well and has a good art style that'll get under your skin. Okay, that's more promising. Yeah. Well, okay. take a look at the art. I think if you dig the art, you could probably wait till issue two comes out and then read the first two and see what happens with the story. Or I could just read the synopsis of issue two. It'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Touche. Thank you. See what I did there? Uh huh. All right. For next week, uh, we are going to pick up. The latest panel syndicate book, which happened to come out today, uh, but we will we will get it. I mean, well, I guess we can buy it today, but save the next save for the next show to read it. It's called Glacier City Number One. This is created by Jay Farber and Michael Montanant. This is Police Chief Wes Cutter is the only law enforcement in a secluded Alaskan town where everyone has a secret and his closest backup is hours away. There are two kinds of people who live in Alaska: those born there and those that are running away from something. And Wes wasn't born there. Okay, so he's running away from something. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) 49-page comic. Pay whatever you want on panelsyndicate.com. What are you going to pay? 49 pages. I mean, my standard is usually like two or three bucks. So I'll probably throw three bucks and see. Okay. The thing is with theirs, when when it's something that I like, I routinely will pay. Like I'll pay two or three bucks for the first issue. But I remember paying like five bucks an issue when Private Eye was coming out because I really enjoyed it. Um, Barrier, I probably paid three, three or four bucks each time. Uh, Universe, I've liked some of the universes. And then the other books have, have been hit or miss with me, but those three I've enjoyed. Okay. I respect that. Yeah, that's good. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I don't know what you read this week because you you put some stuff in here, but I this is all my stuff for the most part. So do, do I need to do this? I can I can start it off. So we both okay. read Super Sons number sixteen. The close, the close of uh, this arc of these two, uh, which gives us the final send off of Kid Amazo. So a lot of battle scenes here between the two. Um, they foil Kid Amazo. They use use Cyborg to make it happen. Save the Justice League. Uh, some good quips between the two. You know, we mentioned last week this this book is coming back in some form with Peter Tomasi, so uh, that's awesome to see because clearly they've they sort of teased it up as such, and uh, you know, it just just was a fun read for sixteen issues. So, and I'm glad that uh, that you stuck around after after reading it, and you know, got a glimpse of my favorite character uh, written by someone who's uh, done him very well over the years. I've got a lot of intuitiveness. I think that's the main takeaway here. I just I branched into the DC universe, which is new for me man and uh you'll probably be back when super suns is right well i don't know (laughs) gotta keep them guessing all right aside from that i've done some catch-up i'm now through three volumes of deadly class and because you know i've been reading 
I've been letting Paper Girls build up before I read it. And the That's latest. Smart. That's hard. Yeah. So the basically, I I finished it off. So the I forget what volume it was. Maybe volume four, I believe. Um, either way, two very good books that I, the one I let get way behind. So I've still got a lot more Deadly Class to read, but you know, wanted to give it its due and uh, get caught up before the TV show ever premieres next year, which I'm sure I will. And uh, Paper Girls is just a you know a heavy story that goes all over the place. Um, and I find it much better to, uh, to read it in chunks. And, you know, I think you bring it up each, each time that you read it here and, and you thankfully don't spoil anything for me. So I appreciate that, but I still get it in print and I've probably got a couple issues at the, at the shop waiting for me. And then I buy the volume of comicsology. So doubling up for BKV. Get it girl. So I realize that's only two things, but that was like almost 10 issues between the two probably. Okay. All right. You had nothing unique that came up beyond that. No, not that. Nothing that was in my uh, automatic download. Okay, okay. Well, I, I do love that from that when it's Wednesday. Ooh, it's tomorrow. Mm, yes. You get the email before the night before. But I don't read it. I'm like, what's going to happen? You know, it's, I'm not like not trying to spoil myself. I'm just like, eh. Comicsology has used Amazon Pay to charge you eight bucks. I'm like, ooh, I've got two books coming. What's happening? <laughs> All right, so I read Old Man Hawkeye number five. This is done by Ethan Sachs and Marco. I'm gonna go with Chiquetto. That's my, that's my guess on that. Sounds right. Um, you are not reading this. I'm not cut up. No. It's it's quite good. I gotta say. I read some um, good reviews for this. One. Didn't they introduce somebody, or he ran into? Yes, he did. Who was it again? Kate Bishop. Okay, all right. All right I'm sorry to, but that's like that. That took a last page kind of thing. So, oh, okay. Well, it was all over the review, so it was, you know, uh, yeah, easy yeah. to spoil yourself. When she's definitely got some stuff going, uh, where she's like in charge of like other Hawkeyes, it, it seems. Um, quite good. There's also this. There's a scene where he is in a bar, <clears throat> and. It's, clear my throat over this and the bartenders got this kid who is either an ant-man like person or just is you know wearing the helmet and he's he's sort of a background character and he's just playing with ants and i I can't explain it it just was cool i thought it was quite good so that happened and and of course meanwhile um bullseye's coming for him so that's also a thing that's been going on he's good um, and we saw more of the Venom situation happen. It's just – for me not wanting to like this book at all, I'm so pleased at how much I do. So so there's that. Uh, Deadly Class 34, as you as you get more and more current with it, you know this book is just so gritty and violent but cool. Of course, this is, this is uh, Rick Remender who does this with Wes Craig on art. Uh, great. Just – Violent as shit, and, and the fact that it's thirty-four issues in—I mean, there's been a lot that's happened since the start of this book, uh, and they've they've done a decent job of, of kind of recalling back to elements that happened, frankly, years ago. Because they, they take those breaks, how they do these days with books. Oh yeah. Okay, so that well deserved. Um, yes, uh, I read uh, *Hunt for Wolverine: Mystery Magic Poor because Silak is in it. Uh, this is a book that's like ex-ladies, and the whole point of this is Wolverine's back. We don't know how, we don't know where, we don't know why. Uh, and there, there's all these spinoff books that are trying to figure out what the fuck is happening with that whole situation. So Majapur is a fake place. It's somewhere over in the in the J- Japan-China areas of the world. That sounds so ignorant. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but that's where it, that's where it is. You could have just said Asia. 
well, Asia's huge. It's wow. one of the islands, too. It's like a Taiwan-type area. Asia-Pacific. Fine. I, that's the, I'm just being stupid. That's the thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they're trying to track him down. It's a very female-centric book that way. That's fine. Jim Zub was doing this. Okay, this I had to talk about. Old Man Logan number 40. 40. Was so bad. Oh, it was, God. I mean, in fact, why do this? Can you look up Old Man Logan on Comic Book Roundup while I discuss how much this fucking How are you still reading this? I don't. Not any closure. Anyway, the whole point of this book is, it's, I assume it's a two-book arc only, where it's a character called Glob Herman. I don't understand why he's even a character at all. He's basically a transparent teen, literally, not in a figurative sense. He's a transparent per, mutant. You can see his organs. And he has been cyber-dating this girl. And they finally meet, and it's of course it's all a, a farce, and it's a whole ploy to get after the X-Men. It read so bad that I that I I struggled to finish it, and I've read 39 issues before this, so I was that much more invested in the whole situation. Awful. Ter- have you found it yet? It's the second lowest rated issue of the entire series. What'd they give it? A 6.3. That is generous, what we've learned about Delta 13. I'm sorry, Delta 13. You deserve better than Old Man Logan number 40. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad, and I defy anybody to say it was good. So there's that. Uh, regression number 10, Colin Bundos' book. Um, I can't believe it's only been 10 issues of this. Again, this whole idea is past lives coming back to, to haunt you, and in this case, a, a person who's lived multiple lives – uh, via this cult that makes this happen. It's psychosexual, violent. Yeah, it's pretty good, though, actually. So there's that. We already talked about Super Sons number 16, which I thought did a perfectly fine job of closing out the series. Um, I think that's it. That is it. Very that's respectable. Thank you. So there. All right, well, back to movie news, as uh, Jamie Foxx is set to star in the new Spawn movie. Just not a fan of Jamie Fox or Spawn. I would say I n- neither one, but I I'm a bigger fan of Spawn. Okay, <laughs> so that's yeah, that's it. I remember uh, growing up, my brother had he must have had a lot of Spawn comics. I know he he used to like draw some of these guys a lot, and Spawn was always in that mix. And so I sent him this when I saw it today, and his response was, "Ugh, that pretty much seals me not liking it." So I don't think he's a Jamie Foxx fan. <laughs> well, I mean, and I would be curious uh, as a follow-up for next week uh, what that text means. Because I, I know I'm like, eh, that's that's going to suck. You know what, though? At least it wasn't Michael B. Jordan because he's got enough comic book roles. Don't be don't be tired. Yeah. We've but seen also, did you, did you see the, the other Spawn movie from back in the 90s? Uh, you know, I probably have, but when I saw today that it was, it was called a reboot, I completely forgot about it. So I Googled it and saw like the, the movie, like the poster. I mean, I definitely would need to see it again. I'm sure I've seen it at some point, but I I don't remember it at all. Don't see it again. It was bad. Okay. I mean, me at 16 or whatever the hell it came out was like, this movie sucks. For, (laughs) for, For Spawn being as ubiquitous and popular as he was at the time, it's amazing to me that how horribly that movie failed. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they probably made it on the cheap. John Leguizamo was in it. Ooh. Yeah. Who, uh, the by best. the way, was he? Yes. So so there's that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a good feeling about this. Which, who's making this movie? Uh, 
That's a good uh, question. Always has Blumhouse no Productions. What the hell that is? The production budget pegged by deadline is somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 million and $12 million. Well, probably eight of that is for Jimmy Fox's salary, <laughs> so it's, it's going to suck. Yeah, Oscar so. winner, Jimmy Fox. Great. Okay. Jeff Lemire is uh, taking over Hit Girl from Mark Miller as he unleashes her on Canada. Weird. Does this make you interested in Hit Girl at all? No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I lo- I like the Mark Miller uh, take that we got a couple months ago, but I mean, why are they doing this? Why is he stuck writing her? Is it because the whole because the whole comic because the the Netflix stuff? I don't know. Maybe and maybe Lemire doesn't have enough stuff to write. Well, he did take a I mean, a massive uh, workload cut. He well, did. Either way, he's got to focus on Descender and Gideon Falls. Fine. Two good books. Yeah. You're right. Just leave this alone. Okay. So baby names based on Marvel characters got popular in 2017. This doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but the thing that, that caught me off guard was that it's not names like that, but like I thought, like Lo, like Lo, like Logan, for example, or Tony. To who? Or who is actually on the list? Loki. Loki. And, and Valkyrie. Natasha Pepper Banner. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah, very weird. Six babies were named Hawkeye in 2017. <laughs> who, who didn't even do anything in 2017? Oh, God. Uh, Rocket. That's pretty funny. Uh, nine girls and 28 boys were named Rocket. Interesting. Groot did not make the list. That's a shame. So, what the hell's happening here? The world is crumbling. Uh, Wade... Uh, wait, what's here? Is it, uh, Wade was given to nine hundred, eight hundred and ninety-nine boys last year. Mm-hmm. Wade. All right. Well, I did not use any of those names because I don't have any kids. Well, who knows? Parker takes the top spot. That I could see. Well, I'm not doing it. All right. Well, Dragon Ball Heroes may be getting its own anime series this summer. It- this is up your alley. I got nothing on this. Yeah, so apparently Dragon Ball Heroes is a super popular card game in Japan where they've released some like video features of it and turned it into preview videos. People are wondering if they're going to make it uh, a show of its own. Uh, that would not surprise me. I'd, I would imagine that we have not seen the end of anything Dragon Ball because it makes a ton of money both here and overseas. So we've had Dragon Ball... Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Z Kai, and Dragon Ball Super uh, all be very successful animes uh, in both countries with many, many, many episodes. And, you know, they keep bringing on new bad guys, keep getting stronger and stronger, keep having crazy, ridiculous fights. Uh, So I don't see it going away. So whether or not that manifests in out of this little preview cartoon thingy uh, or not or something else... Uh, I would imagine we have not seen the end. So what is the difference between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball is the story of Goku when he is a little kid. So what's the Z stand for? Uh, what does it stand for? Um, you should know this. This is up your alley. Yeah, I mean, I mainly just watched it and loved the story, but didn't like know every little thing. Or the Z Warriors. What the hell is that? Well, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to go into the deep history of Dragon Ball Z. Right. Um, but yeah, Dragon Ball Z, he's older. He's, he has his son. 
It's got a whole different cast of characters, and then the story keeps progressing. That sounds great. Yeah, well, Dragon Ball Z was great. Well, I mean, I'm with you. And lastly, Silver and Black Director says they're still, quote, pounding out the script. I thought that was funny. (laughs) 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 That's why I put it in here. (laughs) Uh, All right, then. I mean, that should be fine, right? This is a Fox thing? Uh, Silver and Black is Sony. So this would be in the Venom Spider-Verse thing that doesn't include Spider-Man or the MCU. Thanks for laughing at my joke. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's been passed between multiple writers, including someone who's written for Cloak and Dagger, someone who wrote Thor Ragnarok, someone who writes for Westworld, someone who's written some Tomb Raider, and someone else who wrote some Chaos Walking. So a lot of people have touched this, and uh, you know, uh, clearly it appears that it's going to be pushed back again. Well, what are you going to do? Hey, though, I'm coming home next month, so what are we going to see? Maybe Solo. No, I'll see that again. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we will watch the original Spawn. No. Yeah, all right, well. I told you it sucked 25 years ago. Why uh, the fuck would I want to see it again? That's the joke. Okay, well, it wasn't very funny. Hmm. All right, well, find out what we uh, what we might watch next week on Too Many Comics. That was a good tease. <laughs> Hit us up at TooManyComics.com. Uh, send us some, uh, some news and notes and uh, chat some books. <laughs>